Welcome to the fish meeting. Four friends and disciples of Jesus Christ have been meeting and discussing God's word over the past 10 years with over 100,000 minutes together studying the scripture. And now they are making that study available to you. Listen in as they bring the Bible into their everyday lives. All right, let's get started with the prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much uh, for the opportunity that we have to study your word. We're studying uh, through the miracles that you performed in your earthly ministry. And we talked through this morning some of the miracles that we've seen happen uh, to us and to those around us in our lives this morning. So we just give you the praise, Lord, for the medical miracles, the, the healings that, um, uh, that surprise us as human beings, and, the, and just the, all the stories of, of faith. That, uh, that if we have our eyes open and we're looking around, we can see. And so, Lord, we just pray this morning that your Holy Spirit is with us uh, as we go through this study. Uh, help us to see the kinds of things that we should look for in order to, to witness for you in our lives. We, um, we hold up before you this morning those that are struggling because of the, uh, the recent hurricane, Hurricane Ida, and uh, those who lost loved ones, those who lost properties. And, uh, Lord, we just, we just ask that you be um, with those that are trying to rebuild, uh, be with those that are suffering because of loss, that they uh, know your peace. Uh, sometimes these things in life are difficult for us, and if we focus on the negative, Lord, it can be overwhelming. Uh, but we know that within every adversity, there's a constant, ever-present help uh, that's promised to us through you. In Psalm 46, it tells us that you are an ever-present help. And so we just pray, Lord, that all those that are in that time of trouble right now that they that they feel that ever presence and that they look to you and uh, see you even in the midst of adversity. Um, we ask that you be with uh, with those that are going to suffer from Larry. Um, we pray, Lord, that that it turns and goes back out to sea. But if it does make landfall, Lord, we just pray that you uh, that you help guide those that are evacuating, that are preparing, so that uh, that they can be safe through that storm. Uh, and these are the things that we bring before you this morning, Lord, and we ask all this in Jesus' holy and blessed name. Amen. 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 Okay, you have to say Hurricane Larry, because when you said Larry, I wasn't tracking the letters, and I thought, who's Larry? <laughs> <laughs> the Jeff, we missed uh, uh, J, we missed J and K, so there was two name storms in between, but uh, yeah. <laughs> that's funny. We are in hurricane season, that's for sure. And, and Tim, your place uh, there, how, how did you guys fare from this uh, previous one? You know, it was, uh, it was, it was amazing um, for us. You know, I mean, there were so many people that it wasn't. And, of course, um, the fact that it turned um, brought it in the path of others. But, you know, it was, we were going to get the outer bands, uh, which would be up to 70-mile-an-hour winds. But as soon as it hit uh, landfall in New Orleans, it took a sharp turn northward. And so the entire storm went east of us. Okay. So we had um, we had three or four incidents where it just all of a sudden started raining, uh, but it was you know big drops straight down. There was no wind, and then it you know ten minutes it stopped as abruptly as it started. Oh, okay. Thank you, Lord. Yeah, yeah. praise God for that. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, uh, we experienced on our side it was <laughs> weird because we normally don't experience anything like this. And uh, just the little rain and was enough for a lot of flooding and and yeah. uh, there, there were four or five tornado touchdowns uh, surrounding areas where I live 
and uh, there was some property damage because he on this side you know people are not prepared at all for this kind of activity but uh, and i was surprised that the ida effect is here main thing is happening on gulf of mexico side and we are getting the effect on this side wow yeah yeah i think uh, from uh, uh, a revelation standpoint all we're missing is the earthquakes and so uh, if we start to see those we know the lord's return is imminent that's for sure. Well, it'll take me out quick because I'm Arkansas is sitting on the biggest fault in the yeah, United States. That's right, the uh, New Madrid fault. Go big or go home. New, <laughs> yeah, that's right. Or or go big and go home. <laughs> Literally. And go home. There you go. That's right. All right. Well, All right. let's. Uh, so we're we're uh, let's continue on in our um, in our study of the harmony of the gospels, and and we're gonna read in starting in Matthew chapter nine this morning. Uh, and let me see uh, what the what the title of this is for anybody who's just starting to follow us. Uh, or to, as a reminder, we're 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 using the outline from Blue Letter Bible, blueletterbible.org uh, for um, for the Harmony of the Gospels, and and this is um, uh, Jairus's daughter and woman healed. And so we're uh, starting in Matthew nine verse eighteen, uh, and this is what it says. Uh, let me get to the New International Version. Uh, this this is uh, I mean of course I, I love every one of the miracles that Jesus did as recorded in the Bible. It says in the Gospels that this was just those that were recorded. There was many many more, um, but this one's exciting. Uh, and you know I like that I like the just the, kind of as way as an introduction. I really like the the incidents that are recorded that show faith the size of a mustard seed moving mountain and um, and put that into context because so often in our lives I think. We wonder if we have enough faith. And, um, and the reality is there is no power in our faith. Our faith is what gives us access to the power that God has. So that's why any deficiency in us, you know, the, uh, Paul says in Romans that uh, it's in our weakness that God is made strong. And, and when there's no possible way that we could have done it, and we know that it was God who did it. And these, and these miracles today show that. And so I get so excited about them. Uh, and this is what it says in verse 18. While he was saying this, a synagogue leader came and knelt before him and said, My daughter has just died, but come and put your hand on her and she will live. Jesus got up and went with him, and so did his disciples. Just then, a woman who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years came behind him and just touched the edge of his cloak. She said to herself, If I only touch his cloak, I'll be healed. And Jesus turned and saw her. Take heart, daughter, he said. Your faith has healed you. And the woman was healed at that very moment. When Jesus entered the synagogue's leader's house and saw the noisy crowd of people playing pipes, he said, go away. The girl is not dead, but asleep. But they laughed at him. And after the crowd had been put outside, he went in and took the girl by the hand and she got up. News of this spread throughout the entire region. Both of those are just so exciting to me. Mm -hmm. So two miracles. Two miracles. Yeah. One, uh, one miraculous healing just because she touched his cloak. I mean, think of the faith that that took. And then she said it to herself. You know, I mean, the, the woman at the well, you, you know, it's a, it's a great um, story that seems to be coming up uh, over and over again in my studies for some reason. But, um, you know, she was, she was so convinced because he had told her everything that she had done, right? She went running around saying, you know, come see the man who's told me everything that I had ever done. You know, this lady said to herself, if I only touch his cloak, I'll be healed. And at that moment when she did, Jesus turned around and, and said, your faith has healed you. Uh, you know, uh, the, the feeling that must have went through her at that moment 
is, you know, um, just amazing. So, so let's dissect this a little bit, Shade, and this woman's healing, and of course, later the girl coming back to life. Mm-hmm. So, and and we all are familiar with faith. The the the, the definition of faith, uh, faith uh, is things hoped for, evidence of things not seen. That's from the Bible itself in Hebrews. Yeah, and and this woman got healed completely, sick for twelve years, and uh, wasn't getting better with the physicians. And here she touches the hem of the garment and completely healed. And we also know. Some people don't get healed. People, so, so is there some kind of a thing that we can point to that makes a difference that heals somebody? And then on the, on the other hand, some people say, yeah, I have faith, I'm believing, and, and, and nothing happens. Or I don't know, if maybe something happens and uh, they don't realize it. Is, is there any thoughts on that? So <clears throat> my thought on that is, and is that we we're looking at it from a human perspective. Um, we're all created in God's image, and we're all created for a purpose, and that purpose is to commune with God, to love God, to worship God. When, when we're looking at suffering and, and our desire to be healed, I think he... Um, you know, what, is, what does our disease process, whatever that is, how does that fit into our purpose? And if, it, if that part of our purpose is to show God's power and to be an example either for us, for us or for God, then, um, you know, the healing of that, if, if that's to fit into that purpose, then I'm supposing that that will be healed. If it's not, then we won't. So let me take that into a different, um, <clears throat> just down a different path. It's like being born with a certain syndrome or, or disease or situation. There is beauty and, um, I don't even know what, the, what, what, I, what word I want to pick, but we're, we're built in God's image. So if we're born with, say, Down syndrome or some other trisomy syndrome, which we in our humanness may, may think is not optimal to be born with. There is still beauty and love and joy, and, and that still is being, being formed in the image of, of God. We may not be able to be healed from that or, or um, whatever suffering that, that comes with that may not be able to be taken away, but there is a purpose for our life. We have... We're here for a reason. Um, we may excel in other areas that those that are born without that trisomy don't excel in, like um, a um, childlike um, ability to express love. And so I'm, I'm thinking that it all kind of ties to, together. Um, I don't know. Does any, any of that make sense? It does. There's another part of that, too, and that is I don't think it's just about our purpose. Sometimes our purpose mm-hmm. is for others. So, in other words, if you have somebody who goes through hardships with dignity and faith, it can really plant the seeds to everyone around them about how it's handled. Um, and I'm, I'm assuming vice, vice versa. It could probably not if you don't handle it well, but 
it's one of those things that I know it all comes together and there's a reason, but I think the, the reason is beyond me other than to say, other than the blind faith to say somebody benefits from it until they can get back to heaven simply because the value system here is so horrible compared to God's that I don't really know. I mean, I've watched people suffer and pray and be disappointed and not be aware of what an impact they have on people around them and have brought people to Christ. So I've seen that happen. So I know that that fits in somewhere, but I don't think it's the total answer. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree, right? I think uh, one of the things that you said that was the nail on the head is the blind faith. So the uh, the lessons, especially I think in these miracles, and Sunil, like you said, some answered and some not, are, uh, are faith, right? And I don't know, uh, you know, blind faith is how we would describe it, and I think that's, you know, that, that was on point. Um, of course, it's not blind, right? I mean, we see, we have the words of Scripture, but, but it's just faith, right? And, and, and if we if we're I, disappointed I, if if we're go ahead, see now. I was gonna say childlike faith. Childlike faith, yeah. I like that. Right. If we're if we're disappointed uh in the answer that we get to the prayer, right, whether that be yes or no, then then I would say that the faith was misplaced. Right. We weren't you know, we were, we didn't have faith in, in the promises that God gives. And then I think the 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 perfect example of this is, is Jesus's prayer in, in Gethsemane. And, you know, we see that this lady has faith if she just touches the cloak, she does, and she's healed. And, you know, that faith was rewarded. I think our healing from a spiritual perspective is rewarded each and every time, right? When we have faith, we're saved. That's what the Bible says. But from an earthly perspective, Jesus said, if there's any other way, take this cup from me, but not my will, but thine be done. And, and when we say have faith, you know, I just preached a sermon not, not too long ago. I don't know if it was last Sunday or before it, but we uh, oftentimes we just assume what people that people understand what we're saying when we say that. And, and when we say have faith, what do we mean, right? And mm-hmm. and the faith is in God's will, right? It's it's faith means that we're we're yielding our will to His. And this is why we talk about the you know the, the being dead to your sins, and you talk about you know dying with Christ in crucifixion and and raising with Him in resurrection. So that we no longer live for ourselves, but we live for him. And so the faith is that whatever God's will is for my life is better than what I would will for my life myself. Right? And, and whatever that outcome then is, uh, is, is the right outcome, in quotes. Right? And that's where the faith is. The faith is access to, you know, to um, live out God's will for our life, whatever that looks like. Yeah, but let's, yeah, but let's talk about faith again. So when... So Sunil said childlike faith, um, and this is something that, that keeps coming back up. Childlike faith is unquestioning, positive, mm-hmm. fully confident. That's their truth uh-huh. in my mind. It also brings me back to a conversation I had with my son when he was 13, and he asked me if a horrible murderer in prison could actually go to heaven. And I, I, said, I'm, I'm, I said, well, what do you think? And he said, if he truly repents and and changes his soul, that's, this is what he said at the time, I think he can. But I don't think everybody agrees with me, and that's what he said. And I said, well, I agree with you because that's the whole purpose, his belief system and and what he thinks is true at that point. But I said, God knows what's in your heart. So if you're faking it to get out of trouble, now keep in mind mm-hmm. I'm talking to a 13-year-old, it's not going to work. 
So that said, think about this. How many people pray for something like healing from bleeding, but they don't have that childlike faith? They're like, they, they don't really have deep faith. They're trying to get something out of the situation or, you know, it's, it's like I said, it's situational or their, their prayer is hesitant and, yeah, I believe in God, but I'm not really sure he could fix this. Maybe that's what's blocking people. I mean, I don't know. I don't yeah. think it's that black and white, but I think there's a lot to be said about what childlike faith really means. It's your whole being without reservation, and a lot of humans can't be that. So I'm thinking that this woman, well, first, what Tim mentioned, that we, we, we believe, and then the outcome is we leave it to God. Uh, faith doesn't mean that if we have, if we don't get the outcome that we were thinking we'll, we will get, that our faith is not good. I, because that we leave it to the sovereignty of God. Right. So that's one thing I'm taking away from this. Because otherwise then it becomes, <laughs> give me, give me, give me. Right. What is it? My name is Jimmy or something. <laughs> yeah, give me, give me. Yeah, and that, and that ties it into what Sherry was saying too, right? Because if, if our faith, if the degree or the measure of faith that we have is tied to the outcome, how can we ever have the childlike faith that, that, that Sherry describes, right? The only way to believe without reservation uh, is if we trust in his will, right? If we trust God. Yeah, and, and, the, and the child, you know, whether he gets or not, he moves on. <laughs> he, he doesn't dwell on right. that. And uh, so I think, I think that's an important point because this, I mean, this thing is important. Faith is, you know, the Bible says without faith, you cannot please God. So, so, so we definitely need to understand it. But, but on the other hand, I'm thinking it may not be that deep thing to understand. It may be childlike faith that you just believe. And uh, if the outcome is positive, you thank God. If the outcome is not positive the way you think, you still thank God and move on. Mm-hmm. And then I'm looking at this lady's experience, the, 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 the woman who got 12 years, and, and I'm thinking it's not that she kind of figured it out in some mystical way what faith is. She actually didn't go to God first. She was doing it through the normal means like everybody else would do. And, and then she heard about Jesus, and she must have thought, let me try this too, because I'm hearing other people getting healed. So now she put her faith in Jesus, which is not very different from the common person. Mm-hmm. And, and here she comes and gets healed, and that changes her life. So, so it may not be that, that deep a mystical thing. It may be that, yes, there is something called faith that you believe God's going to do something that you are expecting, and then believe in his sovereignty after that. Yeah, and I think that the faith part comes in if you don't get the outcome. For me, what what I say is, well, obviously there's a bigger reason that I don't know yet. That's my faith in that, in that negative outcome is not, well, I didn't get it, you know, and I forget about it. It's more about I'm confident, 100% confident that God has a reason for doing or not doing or doing it at a different time or a different way. Like I know Cheryl says that a lot, you know, you may not get the answer you want, but it's the right answer. And that's true. And that's where my yeah. faith is. It's not like I say, well, God didn't give me, so obviously he doesn't exist. That's ridiculous. It's a matter of 100% knowing that he will answer in his way, and that's it. 
And it doesn't, yeah. I think Sunil's right, it doesn't have to be. That's pretty straightforward. Yep. Yeah, tr- uh, I've heard it described this way. Faith is trusting God even when the answer is no. And that's even more straightforward. <laughs> <laughs> trusting God. You know, it's funny that, uh, I don't know, uh, I just I just realized this. I don't know if it has any bearing, but um, when you said, give me Jimmy, um, I had a dream last night that I went to a high school class reunion and I saw one of my good friends from elementary school who didn't go to my high school named Jimmy, Jimmy Wilson. So I don't know. I thought about, uh, I don't know why I thought about him after so many years, but it reminded me when you said, uh, give me Jimmy. Sometimes I wonder if that's, if there's the, you know, everyone's so connected really. Mm-hmm. That happened to me one time before and I, it wouldn't go away. It wasn't a dream, but it just kept popping in my head about somebody. So I finally just said a prayer for him, a general kind of hope everything is well, because I thought that's what I was trying to get. Right. I felt like yeah. that's what, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. So uh, Mark actually adds a little bit of depth to this, right? And, and, uh, and Sunil, I think, um, was, was hinting in this direction when he said that, you know, the woman had tried, you know, all the earthly means. And uh, Mark actually adds this. So uh, Mark's rendition um, is a little bit more detailed. So he says this, when Jesus had again crossed over by boat to the other side of the lake, a large crowd gathered around him while he was by the lake. Then one of the synagogue leaders named Jarius came, and when he saw Jesus, he fell at his feet. He pleaded earnestly with him, my little daughter is dying, please come and put your hands on her so that she will be healed and live. Um, kind of uh, similar to the the uh, previous miracle where, the, where you know, uh, where the guy realizes that the very moment that he was talking to Jesus is when his son's fever broke. Um, So Jesus went with him. A large crowd followed and pressed around him. And then a woman who had been subject to bleeding for, and then there was a woman who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. She had suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors. So she was getting cared for by doctors. And she had spent all that she had, right? She spent all of her life savings. And yet, Instead of getting better, she got worse. And when she had heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak because she thought, if I just touch his clothes, I will be healed. Immediately, immediately her bleeding stopped and she felt in her body that she was freed from her suffering. At once, Jesus realized that power had gone out from him. And so he turned in the crowd and asked, who touched my clothes? And you see the people crowding against you. His disciples answered, and yet you can ask, who touched me? I'm going to just stop there for a second because I, I, I think, um, you know, Sherry was talking about that, that gimme, you know, I know uh, Sunil, you said the gimme dimmy, but uh, we call, Sherry was talking about that faith that if if we don't get our answers to our prayers, we say, oh, well, I guess God's not real. You know, that's the gimme faith, right? We'll call it that. Um, Jesus knows, right? How many people must have been touching his cloak in that crowd? Right, his disciples say, "You see the people crowding against you." Everybody was touching his cloak that was next to him, but he knew that someone touched his cloak in a different way. Right, uh, someone touched his cloak with faith that that would heal. Now, you know, the the lesson isn't that we need to go touch Jesus's cloak, right? Um, but I think we can see in this that Jesus knows that type of faith that we bring to him. Right, he knows our hearts. Yeah, mm-hmm. and 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 it tells that something goes out of God. When, yeah. when, we, when we approach him with faith, that there is something that gets released from God because Jesus felt it. And, and also I was thinking that, you know, this woman, not only she had this physical ailment that obviously she was suffering from, but she was considered unclean according to the law. Mm, yeah. And 
and and she was not supposed to touch anybody because she's unclean and and then here Jesus is uh, not only allowed her to touch him obviously it was a crowd and he you know uh, if he knows the power goes out from him he probably knows who is touching him too uh, so if he wanted he could have stopped it that the woman is unclean but god that means is uh, is reaching out to unclean and he wants them to be clean from that uncleanness whereas we human beings may stay away from you know some of these things or people or whatever we think is unclean uh, but but god's choosing not to do that i think that also is a little or uh, a big lesson in there yeah the, and and here's a re- here's a real world question right dealing with that because this is a discipleship lesson that i'm trying to teach in my church right now you know we're in a we're in a neighborhood that has you know that's economically depressed that has you know, uh, that has residents that struggle with, um, with addiction, uh, that has former, um, you know, convicted felons, right? I mean, people that need, uh, that need Christ's healing. Um, and um, we're trying to reach out into the community, but, you know, one of the members of the church uh, is, is um, and there needs to be caution, right? So I'm not, uh, uh, you know, don't read into this that we're being irresponsible. But, you know, her, her caution is, you know, in the hood that she says, you know, that people are just going to take advantage of that, of that love that we offer, Christ's love that we offer. Um, and so when we think about going into the unclean, you know, it's the sick that need a doctor, right? You know, um, how, you know, that's, the, that's what, that's the lesson I'm trying to teach is that we need to go into that, you know, that situation, whatever that situation might be. And demonstrate the love of God. We needed to do so in a way that you know that that isn't just feeding the addiction, right? And and throwing good money after bad, or whatever whatever um, analogy we want to use there. But but we we ought not be afraid of of the unclean, right? We need to bring to them the love that God offers, and it's through us that God brings that love into the community, right? I mean, that's the whole purpose of the body of Christ. I think is to you know is to is to let God work through us. Yeah, no, that's excellent point right there. And sometimes we, you know, overlook it, and because it's uncomfortable, and uh, and we can come up with different reasons why the situation may not warrant this. Uh, but here the example is that Jesus did reach out to somebody who is unclean, mm-hmm. and not only this, yeah. Jesus reached out to the leper, to other people. And, and 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 they were unclean, and nobody probably would even go near them. And uh, Jesus did go uh, not only near them, he, he embraced them. Yeah. So I have two thoughts with this version of the, the reading. I'll tell you the second thought first because we kind of went there. And, and I think that um, in the situation that you're describing, Tim, in – um, reaching out to those in a community that do have the potential of um, not necessarily responding immediately the, per- the first time and, you know, draining you of the resources. I think that has to be, we are human. We're not God. Right. And God knows people's hearts and he knows exactly what to do and when to do it you know he's either going to cast out the demons or he's going to to heal someone you know what whatever the situation uh requires but but we as humans don't don't know that we don't know people's hearts 
and we can be fooled. Um, and so I think in that situation, you have to approach it like our missionary friends approach it. And you mm-hmm. have to have a, a well-thought-out plan that you approach with prayer to, to develop that plan because you don't want to be taken advantage of um, and you do want to be open and, and loving. So I think that that's just a process that, ha- again, has to be well thought out and you move slowly. You don't, you don't dive head first and give everything that you have, you know, like our friends in Senegal. They are thoughtful and slow in, in what they do because you don't want to disrupt the local economy by giving everybody food to, or, or shoes and now the the right. shoemaker doesn't have people to, to sell shoes to, right? So we know that. So I, that's that one thought. The other thought that I had in this rendition of the, the miracle was I really focused on that the, the woman who was bleeding had gone and sought every other cure for her bleeding and finally went to God. And how much do we do that today? How much have we done that in our own life? We've tried everything that can happen, and then we, we turn to God. So we may use you know, our entire fortune or everything that, you know, all our energy, looking at other answers to, to try to do it ourselves because we're so prideful and we want to be in control and we want it to be our way. And then when we finally break down and turn to God, and give ourselves to God, we find that, wow, this is the answer. This is what I've been searching for. I don't you know, in some ways it seems this is so easy. It may not really be easy, but in some ways it is. And, and how, you know, I look at my own life. How much time did I waste? How, much, how many resources did I waste if I had only done this sooner? And right. it's hard to sure. get, it's hard, hard to get, friends and family that we really love, that we want to, to, to join us on this path, they look at you and they're like, you're crazy. <laughs> I see it in their <laughs> eyes. They look at me like, okay, here she goes. I'm not going to be listening anymore. You know, it's just like the shades go down and they're, it's, mm-hmm. it's sad. Yeah, I mean, that ties it back into what Sherry was saying. And I think those two things go together, by the way, right? The, uh, the, the, you know what the the two points that you made right the the real life example uh, in connection with what I had asked and then what you just said and and it ties back to what Sherry was saying about people watching us right and and if if we if we endure hardship with faith and joy like like James says we can um, that can win people to Christ right and and you know um, what I was thinking about as you were telling both of those things uh, was who you know who's whose endurance will last, right? Now, certainly we need to be good stewards of what God has given us, and that includes our money and our time and our resources, right? Um, and so we don't want to be foolish, like you said, give everything to the first person who asks. And and by the way, I think money should be the last thing, really. I mean, there's a lot of need that's solved by money, but, but giving somebody money isn't, isn't, uh, isn't and, and probably most often isn't the, uh, a help, right? That That's, that's um, not going to cure whatever the issue is but um but uh but whose endurance is going to last right because when we dis- when we love people in a christian way and their response is to take advantage of that or to um 
ignore it or to you know rebel against it, whatever the response is, um, we could quit. Say, ah, oh, they're you know they're they're too gone, they're too far gone, they're never gonna you know they're a liar, they're a cheat, whatever we want to call about them. Um, but that that's the devil winning, right? Now certainly sometimes people just reject Christ. I mean, there's truth to that, but um, but I think we need to keep in mind you know the the endurance race as well. Right? And it's a balance, right? And that's where the prayer and discernment and, and trust in God come in, you know, so that we're not foolish with what he's given us, but that we're not bearing it to return him exactly what he gave us either, right? Yeah. No, this is, this is great. It went from one miracle to so many different angles we were able to uh, go into. And uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, I, I want to add, too, I don't know if I, I'm sorry, Sunil, I, I, I can't, I think you were breaking up on my end, so I don't mean to interrupt you. Yeah, no, no, go ahead, go ahead, please. Um, I want to add, too, that it's, it's you know, we, we talked about the faith. I want to put this right, right, because oftentimes when I try to say this, the response that I get from people is, you know, be careful, right, like kind of what we've said, right? But um, I want, we should keep in mind what our expectations are, right? And it's the same kind of thing. If, if, we're, if we have faith, that God's going to heal whatever it is that we need, right? That could be physical or financial or whatever. But if we have faith in something and then God, and then we don't see what we expect to see as an answer to that prayer, and then we go, ah, so he, God doesn't exist. It's the same thing when we're, when we're practicing evangelism, which is what we're talking about, right? When we're telling others about Christ, when we're going to the unclean, if we don't see what we expect, um, that's the thing that people warn you about, right? That they're going to take advantage of you, or they're they're never going to convert. You know, they'll never come to church, or whatever whatever the whatever the the pessimistic attitude is. If 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 that if if that is seen as opposite of our expectation, then we can feel like we, we failed, or God has failed through us, right? And and the expectation is that we we show others the love of Christ. That's the expectation. What God does with that is what God does with it. And that's where the faith comes in. That's where the trust comes in and whatever the outcome is. And so I think if we're going to engage the unclean with the good news of the gospel, we have to do it with with the you know, with the with the hope that everyone we talk to is saved. But but the expectation is that we're being um faithful to our calling in God. And the outcome of that is up to the Holy Spirit. It's not up to us. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, not no, to I believe it. That... More, 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 but two thoughts. One, my thought came back, and that was, uh, uh, like Dr. B mentioned, uh, that, you know, we sometimes, or this woman, uh, she exhausted all her resources and then came to God. And there she got her healing for free without yeah, right. her paying any. So one thought... I was having was then the lesson learned here is that we should be going to God first and obviously we go to God first at least we think we do but we you know that's a re-emphasis or a little bit more on that that well go to God first and then do other things that you think you need to do in the natural but uh, go to God first and and that's where the main uh, healing or the main benefit or the main whatever you want is. And then the second thought I had was, uh, Tim, you were mentioning about the unclean and that we did according to our calling. And it's about also that we planted the seed and somebody else is going to water it and somebody right. else is going to see the growth. So, so just because we didn't see it come to pass doesn't mean it's not in God's plan. 
maybe it's going to happen with somebody else is going to see the fruit. Yes, true. Right. Go ahead. That's why we need to let. That's why we need to let go and let God. Yeah, true, true. Um, I think that what you were saying, Tim, is is correct. I think the. I think that when you're doing missions, whether it's here or uh, abroad, it's not to not participate or to withhold. It's to be discerning of when and where because we obviously want to reach everyone. We want, you know, God wants to save everyone, and we want to give everyone the opportunity to be saved. They might not be ready for what we have to give yet. So we want to plant seeds and we want to water, but just like taking care of plants, you can overwater and you can underwater. And it depends on if it's a cactus, a succulent, or, you know, it's a tomato plant, how much water you give and, and when you water it. And I think that's the discerning part that we have to um, consider. And, and we have to hold the watering can and the miracle grow and apply it at the, the right time and knowing that, and sometimes we'll get it wrong, right? Sometimes we're going to over or under and then we have to adjust. But um, I think that's our heart is we, we want to provide the water and the nutrition. It's just knowing where and when and, and how much. So it's not to with, withhold inappropriately, um, but it, it's just knowing it knowing how much. Right. It's a good analogy. I like it. Yeah, that's where right. the we Holy shouldn't... Spirit comes in and tells yeah. us how much. And, uh, and as long as we stay in touch with the Holy Spirit, I think we'll keep getting revelation, okay, do this much or, or, or draw back here or go forward there. You know what I always think about humans, and this is a silly analogy, but it always makes me kind of get tickled about it, but It's like living your life off the appetizer menu, and you haven't even looked at the other four pages. (laughs) Mm -hmm. It's like like you have no idea what God has in store or what he knows or or what he has to offer, and you just think the whole world is about just what you know. It's amazing. Yes. Another analogy, uh, Sherry, on that is when, and this I have heard from some pastors, they say, oh, somebody went for a cruise, they bought this ticket, and and then when they are there, and the food is available and all, and they are eating like, you know, something very less or that didn't look like very expensive and all. And then in the end, they found out that this was all for free. And they thought they have to pay extra money for the, all that they were eating. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good one. I, uh, I have some, something similar. We may have talked about it on here, and I, I like it too, where the uh, rich man had a builder that was building his, his house and uh, or, or that did a lot of work for him and so he you know he hired him to build him a house and and um, and you know, they were both getting up in years I'm trying to remember the specifics but the, uh, maybe it's even a Bible I don't know if it's, I don't think it's in the Bible but anyway the uh, builder um, decided that um, you know if there if this rich man was going to retire that you know his his you know his livelihood was going away too so he started cutting corners and you know skimming off the top and using cheap material and hiring the cheapest labor and when the house got uh, finished, he went to the rich man and said, you know, the house is finished. And he said, uh, you've been so good to me all these years. I want you to have this as a gift. <laughs> and so, and that's, uh, you know, he was building his own house. He didn't even know it. Isn't that something? Uh, yeah. 
Yeah, and, and I think that's that's I think that's probably I'm glad you you gave what you heard that pastor say because I think that's what I was trying to get at. Right, oftentimes we we feel like the person that we're that we're loving in a Christian way. Um, oftentimes we feel like they don't even deserve it. Right, they don't appreciate it. They're you know they don't you know they don't, they don't even deserve it. And um, and and it you know we're not we're we're not building them a house. Right, we're we're building. It's not for us. It's for God. You know, I just think the, the, the perspective sometimes is off, right, um, when we focus on the reaction that the other person is giving. Because we don't know how far that's, that's come. You know, we don't know how much they think about that. We don't know how, you know, how long it will take that seed to grow. Well, they are. it's not our timing. It's God's timing. That's right. It's God's timing. That's right. <clears throat> yeah. That's right. So we just need to keep yeah. planting seeds and watering and... Every once in a while, we get to harvest, but but yeah. Our, in my mind, my focus always is in the seed and the watering. Yeah, yeah. Well, this was good. So uh, we we you know we didn't get into Luke's rendition, but uh, you know he's he says things very similar uh, to to Mark, um, and you know talks about Jesus wondering who it was. You know, um, one of the things that Luke brings out that that the other two didn't was that the woman was trembling. So when Jesus, you know, and, and this, you know, maybe we even talk about this next week because I think it, it may be in, you know, in line with the way Sunil got us thinking today, it may be something to explore. You know, she, she says, um, here's this Jesus. If I touch his cloak, I'm going to be healed. She touches his cloak and he says, wait a minute, who touched me? And, and she was trembling and says in Luke, and, uh, and when the disciples said, you know, all these people around you, how do you know you, you can tell if somebody touched your cloak. And he said, yes, the power went out from me. Somebody touched my cloak. She fell at his feet trembling and said it was I. And so she, you know, she was, <laughs> I don't know, trying to be incognito, right? And then maybe afraid when Jesus called her out. And, you know, I think that response in our life sometimes happens at the beginning of somebody, of that seed growing, right? And and we can recognize this in others, you know, when, when they feel, when they feel the power that Christ has, but they're afraid uh, to you know, to be um, overt about their their faith, but that's a delicate yeah. moment. And in this lady's case, the trembling can be also from the real fear that she is unclean, mm-hmm. and now there is a punishment waiting for her. Yeah, it's true. And uh, we 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 really we are really digging deep into all these things. Uh-huh. It's good, you know. The Holy Spirit is, is bringing good. all these different things into our mind, and we are understanding. The, the the situation literally the way it probably happened at the time and also spiritually by going into all these different angles yeah. and many times we probably have read this and just walked past by it so somebody got healed all right so next week we'll um follow in the same outline in blue letter bible we'll be talking about blind men being restored to sight and more demoniacs uh, or demoniacs being uh possessed of their demons and so uh, anybody wants to read ahead that's in um, just Matthew and it's Matthew chapter 9 27 to 34 um, would somebody volunteer to close us with a prayer I can <clears throat> Heavenly Father uh, we want to thank you for today we want to thank you for uh, this group and um, our friendship thank you for your word and allowing us to read it freely here in the U.S. and to delve deeply into it. Um, Hearing the Holy Spirit and developing discernment, 
I'm going to ask for um, praises for uh, new beginnings and new babies that may be coming into our world in the next year. I want to ask for your um, healing for my grandchildren who um, are um, sick this week and um, ask that they uh, get through that uh, quickly. Um, ask for any other um, uh, prayer requests that, that we may have on our hearts that we haven't spoken of, and, and you know those. Um, I'm thankful that the Holy Spirit is interpreting my prayer uh, directly to you so that you know our true needs and, and that you will um, be able to um, answer those. And I, I, I pray that, that each of us will move in the direction uh, that you would guide us in so that the outcomes of our day and our week and our month and our year will be um, in the direction that you want us uh, to go, that you will bring people in our lives that we can continue to um, water and grow to bring more uh, people to know you, to accept you as their Lord and Savior so that uh, when we're all together um, for eternity that we have everyone who um, possibly can be there with us is, is present. Um, I'm uh, thankful for the week ahead and um, ask that you be with us and guide us. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 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 This has been a production of the Fish Meeting Bible Study Group. Thank you for listening and be sure to tune in next week as we continue our study of God's Word. Until then, live what you learned.